0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keen On, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Monday, May the 1st, 2023. Spring is certainly in the air in San Francisco. It's a warm Monday morning, Monday lunchtime, actually. But the promise of spring perhaps is not reflected at Facebook and in the virtual reality community uh, that Mark Zuckerberg renamed Facebook as Meta. Uh, that virtual community seems in crisis. There was an interesting piece in the Washington Post about how Zuckerberg has broken Meta's workforce um, All the promise of virtual reality, of the virtual communities that meta and the metaverse promise doesn't seem to have been realized at uh, Facebook or meta, whatever you want to call them. Uh, More and more people losing faith in the vision and in the reality glasses, which are supposed to uh, be our entry, our physical entry into that virtual world. Um, Billions of dollars have been lost. Uh, Reality Labs, which is uh, the virtual reality piece of Facebook, lost almost $14 billion last year. Um, My guest today on the show uh, has a new book out, The Rise of Virtual Communities, but perhaps it should be called The Rise and Fall of Virtual Communities. Not all uh, these virtual communities, of course, of Facebook meta, but perhaps Facebook's failure to transform itself into meta, or certainly the failure it seems at the moment, might reflect the fact that virtual communities are all promise and no realization. Uh, The author of this new book, The Rise of Virtual Communities, which is a kind of history of virtual communities in conversation with virtual world pioneers, is Amber Atherton, and she's joining us from San Francisco, very close to where I am. Amber, uh, before we get into the book, what do you make of uh, Zuckerberg's attempt to reinvent Facebook as meta? Is it as dire as the Post reports?
1: I I think it's... Possibly not as dire. Uh, I think that the, the stock price would say otherwise. Uh, Meta is obviously not featured in in my book. Um, I see them, uh, you know, their evolution to be more of a social network. Uh, whereas what I am charting in the book is this rise of how we gather online, not just in virtual worlds, but in text, uh, through photos um, and through games. So... Uh, Excited to dive in with how the the needle has threading the needle through these technological evolutions.
0: So I, but I, I take your point, although I don't exactly see the difference between what you call a virtual community and social media. Aren't they the same things?
1: No, and, and uh, actually, Katerina Fake, the co-founder of Flickr, uh, touches on this exact question. Um, what is the difference between a virtual community and social media? And I think the key point is that in many of these virtual communities, it's not a uh, It's not congregating around media, a.k.a. advertising, which is essentially what social networks and Facebook does. You know, you are on the platform congregating in and around visual media, a.k.a. advertising. Um, And I think uh, a lot of the best online communities are ad-free, right? So um, that is what I'm excited about in terms of the stories that are being told uh, through these founders. So what you're saying then is that a virtual
0: community is one that doesn't have advertising that defines it. And if once you have advertising, it's no longer a virtual community.
1: No, I think the difference between social networks and social media. So uh, I, I think a lot of co- uh, online communities would not call themselves social a social network or social media um, Uh, not just because they lack advertising, but because there is um, the psychology around it is less add as many connections as possible to your network, buy things, interact with ads. It's more about having a sense of belonging and utility. So I think they are fundamentally different, but there is, of course, nuance in the definition.
0: Yeah, I have to admit, I'm not entirely convinced or even clear of the difference. I mean, every owner of a... Every... Everyone who presents their social media talks about belonging. So if Zuckerberg was on, he would talk about it. And there was a time when Facebook didn't have advertising. So at that point, was it a a virtual network? A virtual community
1: I, I think it's it's an interesting topic to debate like wh- where is the line between uh, when when Facebook was potentially a virtual community um, to me it was it was more of a network you know spunning spinning out of college connections and and adding more and more people to your network so I I think arguing that there is a strong sense of belonging on Facebook feels uh, a little bit more shaky
0: uh, <laughs> well let's get to the book then you you're in conversation with virtual world pioneers so you spoke to everyone from Alexis Ohanian, the founder of Reddit to Katerina Fake at Flickr, what kinds of conversations, what did they all talk about in your conversations, what ties them all together.
1: Yeah, so they, they they are found as sort of at that intersection of um, virtual worlds and online communities. And what I am attempting to do with this exploration is track the technological evolutions that have occurred since the very first online communities of the 1980s. Um, uh, you know, c- c- uh, communities like the Well, um, Palace Chat, uh, Lucasfilm's Habitat. Um, and uh, sort of tell the story of how congregating and gathering online has evolved um, as technology has evolved and what are the same challenges that we face today that were similarly faced in, you know, the early 90s around moderation and uh, what is the optimum number of people in the community? So in these conversations, we delve into uh, the founding stories of some of these really iconic platforms, like you mentioned, um, Discord, Club Penguin, Habbo Hotel, uh, and the challenges that they faced as these platforms grew. Um, and so yeah, there's lots of fascinating insights um, throughout the interviews in terms of uh, yeah just the technological hurdles like even just there weren't a lot of people on the internet uh, you know <laughs> and then how you are providing internet services to people, which Stacy Horn, the founder of Echo, uh, which was essentially the East Coast, inspired version of the well um, you know she was providing an internet service to her members so lots of fascinating insights into how um the internet has evolved that uh is very optimistic uh,
0: earlier today we um we talked uh, with uh kevin kelly who i know you're a big admirer of um kevin kelly has a new book out excellent advice for living and you just tweeted the interview with Tim Ferriss uh Kelly of course was one of the founders of the well tell us a little bit more about the well as in many ways perhaps the first real virtual community what did it do why is it important
1: yeah well I mean it's incredibly important um because uh, The Well was essentially the electronic offshoot of the Whole Earth Catalog, which was Stuart Brand's sort of uh, pre-internet guidebook. So if you wanted to learn how to fix your car, build a house, you know, a- any of this information, um, pre-internet, everyone would, would write in, he would publish this magazine, um, and uh, it became somewhat famous, I suppose, in popular culture through Steve Jobs referencing the well at the whole earth catalog in his Stanford commencement speech, um, uh, the whole tagline of stay hungry, stay foolish, sort of caught on, um, with global youth. Uh, and, and the well was, um, one of the, the first online bulletin board systems, uh, where you could log on chat through text, um, and, uh, sort of congregate with people online around these different topics. Um, so a very important, uh, Bit of history as you chart the evolution of these online communities, um, uh, whether they came from offline first, online first, um, and so the, the well had to be included. And I interview Howard Reingold, uh as as who was a very uh, influential. He's fan,
0: still alive, you know? Howard Rheingold. He's up in Marin, He's, uh, uh, isn't he? He, <laughs>
1: he be, anyway. is alive and well, and fingers crossed, will be making an appearance in person at my San Francisco book launch next week. Ah, um, where's the launch? Uh, it is at IDEO um, in the Mission. So uh, come one, come all. <laughs> um, community nerds, professionals, like obsessives of how hanging out online. Right, and, you mentioned
0: yeah. The Well, um, which is of course an enormously influential uh, virtual community. I, I've just been rereading my friend uh, Geron Lanier's book, 10 Reasons to Give Up Social Media. He argues, and he's a an old friend of, of this whole crowd, particularly Kevin Kelly, that The Well brought out, and he specifically addressed The Well and explained why he didn't join, that it brought out people's worst instincts. They became what he calls assholes. Is there any truth to that um, in, in your analysis, Sam? But, uh, do, do virtual communities, as Geron argues, bring out the worst in us, make us nasty, brutish, and make oh, I- our conversations with others short?
1: I think if you spend any time in online communities, you'll see that that is not the case. Of course, there are bad apples, you know, on the Internet, of course. So you are going to come across some, uh, you know, people who are pessimistic, not having a good day, grumpy. Um, But then you're also going to come across people who are kind, and help each other, and want to form friendships, and 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 want to share their knowledge and learn from others. So um, I think that uh, you know the book I focus more on the glass half full side of congregating online um but perhaps there's a book too where i can uh interview some other founders you know like 4chan uh to see the other the underbelly because there certainly is one so um well there's
0: certainly an underbelly and you interview um alex ohanian who's founder of reddit also famous as the husband of serena williams he founded uh, Reddit, and, and, and Reddit might not be 4chan, but it doesn't necessarily have a particularly good reputation when it comes to uh, its impact on democracy or on civil conversation. What did Ohanian say in your conversation? Was he in some ways accountable? Did he in some ways regret some of the aspects of uh, of, of Reddit?
1: I, I, I think that uh, Alexis and Reddit... Uh, pioneered uh self-moderation, um, the ability for people to congregate online, moderate themselves. Um, and so I I I think that uh it's hard though. It's hard when you have uh you know globalized world, a lot of people coming to the to together in one room shouting different views, it's hard to design and architect a space that feels safe for everyone. Um, So we definitely discussed that in in the interview is how do you overcome the challenges of moderation? How do you thoughtfully architect um, sub-communities and give community members uh, a certain level of power so that they can keep the safe space um and and it's a it's an ongoing challenge and i i, I definitely witnessed that at discord too you know um but uh, philip actually the the founder of second life uh speaks very insightfully this is about philip this. Rosedale. exactly philip rosedale and and to, to just jump here um he he speaks very thoughtfully about the work of um economist eleanor ostrom who speaks about polycentric governments and this idea that um there's the tragedy of the commons you know if we all get together and this uh, and, and there's a common resource humans will over exploit it um but that actually rarely happens um it's very under few conditions that this happens and so he found within second life um of course there are a few bad apples and there's a lovely story he meant in the book around, you know, if somebody was, you know, being rude or bullying someone, he would get in world and go and chase them down and say, hey, Andrew, don't say that. And then they would apologize and, you know, get on, you know, with with creating a nice space. So I think that um, this idea of accountability is so important in online communities. And that's why you have to have rules. And you have to enforce those rules to keep the the space safe.
0: But 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 Amber, I'm not entirely clear about this project. Second Life, you mentioned Second Life, Philip Rosedale's thing. It failed massively, lost investors millions of dollars. Um, You seem to be making excuses for Reddit, even though it's done a a huge amount of damage. You you call your book "The Rise of Virtual Communities." Shouldn't it be called "The Failure" or "The Rise" or at least "The Fall of Social Network uh, of, of Virtual Communities"? There's very little evidence of anything particularly healthy. I mean, what for you is the model of a viable virtual community that still exists? I mean, you talked about Flickr. That got sold early on and barely exists anymore. Second Life's a failure. Uh, The Well no longer exists. Reddit is certainly an enormously controversial platform. What for you is the best virtual the community best. one that advertises all its potential
1: well i think that uh I, you know i don't see the ephemerality as a failure there are uh platforms like deviant art and club penguin and habbo hotel who have all evolved uh from their initial peak uh, to you know, potentially be sold, shut down, reevolve, um, and I. Well, been... I mean,
0: Club Penguin, you mentioned at least according to Wikipedia, it got discontinued in March 2017. So, it tell me did. more about uh, Habo uh, Hotel. Why is that a success? Uh,
1: Habo Hotel was a. Th- fascinating and and it is still continuing today they've just evolved they're launching digital assets uh so they you know it was a it was a chat room um where you could come in you were an avatar the idea uh is uh that you are part of this virtual hotel you can create your own rooms and Sampo is a fascinating founder and uh, because they started the company in Finland, they were very close with Nokia. So they were actually one of the first people to get access to Nokia's text to buy technology. So within Habo, you could buy digital goods, Fernie, through texting um, with this, with their partnership with Nokia. So there is so many fascinating little nuggets of, I think, Pieces of technology and convenience that we take for granted today, and um, that well, come up. We were up promised. With
0: these um, we were promised by some people, at least the the the, the boosters of virtual communities, uh, Amber. That I remember twenty years ago, we were promised that everyone would be living in these virtual communities in second lives, and that hasn't happened. No, most people don't want to put the glasses on. Most people aren't interested in these kinds of communities or am i being simply unfair is there much evidence that the thing has caught that the virtual communities of caught on in any way people want real communities not virtual
1: oh i agree I, people want a balance of real life and virtual it's not all in world partly because one the hardware doesn't exist yet that feels comfortable enough and two the fidelity isn't there yet either until i can be in a virtual world that replicates the fidelity of real life i'm not going to spend all my time in it um mm-hmm. but i think we will get there but most of the best well, out that the brazilian today...
0: economy i always make this joke everyone <laughs> it's always the future it's always on the horizon we've always been told but meanwhile the promise of virtual communities now is at best a footnote to a footnote a footnote to web 3 it's ai now that's all the rage it seems as if virtual communities is very much out of fashion aren't they
1: well i would say you know how many people are in the mid-journey discord 14 million plus so to me that doesn't signal virtual communities are over there's just Tell a, me a little bit topic. more
0: about about <laughs> them
1: So um, Midjourney, a very popular um, AI company, uh, and you're able to generate your own uh, images through AI uh, by using the Discord bot. Um, And so there are millions of people in that server sharing ideas, talking and debating the philosophy of AI. Uh, So I think whilst the topics may change and the forums in which we congregate evolve over time, Communities are still so integral to the human experience, and
0: that goes without saying. I mean, you don't need to read to write a book to tell me that. right? Yeah,
1: but tracking how they have evolved and and the trends that have risen and fall and come back, you know, history repeats itself. So if you are looking to where the future of virtual communities, but it is has going, been
0: virtual communities. The history repeats itself, and it keeps on failing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you could say that about many tech startups, right? it's like uh it's well, a, I, I mean ai
0: it never really failed and now it's taken off i mean at a certain point you have to give something up i'm curious as to you've mentioned discord a few times um tell us a little bit about that uh, up until christmas you were um, head of strategic communities there what, what exactly is a strategic community and what is discord <laughs>
1: um yeah so um discord started out as a way for gamers to speak to each other uh on voice while they were video gaming and uh jason citron and his co-founder stan got together and built out more of a chat software so you you know not just speaking on headphones while you're playing games but actually chatting to each other um and that evolved into a giant online community platform that's not just about gamers coming together to play but uh Uh, You know, every college kid is on there studying. Uh, There are art servers, you know, AI servers, crypto servers, obviously it was massively adopted by the Web3 community. Um, and so strategic what, communities... What's the web,
0: what does that mean, the Web3 community?
1: Oh, people who are building uh, communities using blockchain. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, they, they, you know, sort of congregated on, on the Discord platform. And part of my role there was how do we bring new types of users to Discord that aren't necessarily gamers? How do we bring brands, businesses, creators onto Discord? So now if you're a creator, you are able to... Uh, charge for access to your discord server uh there's a lot of newsletter writers podcasters who have private communities that you can pay to get access to um onto discord so that that was part of the work and
0: why did you leave
1: Oh, I, I had an amazing time there. Um, and then I was sort of very serendipitous, serendipitously met uh, Jason and Brian, the co-founders of Patron, which is an early stage venture fund investing in and around gaming. And I became extremely interested in sitting on that side of the table. So uh, that's why I left. New, new, new You know
0: it a uh, Discord Inside Out. Most people will, of course, be familiar with Discord because of what The Washington Post calls the Discord Leaks one of the major leaks uh, since Edward Snowden of uh, enormously important American military information. Um, And they were all posted to at least two Discord chat rooms by a man called Jack Tahira, who seemed to be doing it not for Edward Snowden-style moral reasons, simply for the fun of it. What do you make of the... I assume you left before all this became public.
1: Oh, yes, I did. I very so, much. But you know it.
0: the inside, you know the users of this virtual community. What is this? One of the stuff I've read on the Tahira leak suggests that he was just doing it as a lark for fun. Is there something morally absent in these communities that someone would leak all this enormously important information just for the fun of it?
1: I, I don't know if it's a platform problem, uh more so than a, a culture, even a potentially a healthcare system problem that is uh just sort of accelerating these types of actions. I think that Discord is is probably one of the the best leaders in online safety in terms of you know,
0: I think leaders? almost hard. did you say leaders or bleeders?
1: leaders leaders they they have you know a fantastic uh safety team almost half of the the organization this uh,
0: this this historical leak took place on discord does it provide anonymity and should these virtual communities in in your view and in the view of the founders you talk to should it should they provide anonymity to people like jack tahira to do their dirty business
1: I, I I think that it's a very tricky question. Should you allow to be should you be allowed to be anonymous on the internet? Who who decides that or not? Uh, and I, I I think that there should be an element of free will of you being able to be anonymous, pseudo anonymous. Um, but of course, there has to be the right infrastructure for safety behind. All of that. Um, So, you know, I'm not a safety expert. I I don't know. I just believe in the power of bringing people together online for good. And uh, I I think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done to keep everybody safe. But I think, you know, you asked me earlier about what is the best online community? What's exciting about what's coming? Virtual community. Virtual community. Um, And to me, um, it's... I I, I think you can't deny this stat. Half of US kids today play Roblox. That's a huge amount of children who are growing up living in this virtual world where they can create, play, hang out with their friends. Mm. So I think that... um, this combination of having a virtual world where it's and it's and it's history repeating itself by the way club penguin became so incredibly popular because kids were talking about it at school and then getting home and hanging out on Club Penguin, and playing with each other, and you know, I, a lot of great entrepreneurs and founders played Neopets, hung out on Haber Hotel. Um, Liam, the co-founder of Optimism, which is uh, a layer two scaling Ethereum, was a huge fan of Haber Hotel. And I've met so many founders who were influenced by building and creating and congregating with other people online in these worlds. So. I think that's very interesting. I think what Trevor is doing with Friends with Benefits, which is a uh, sort of a cultural DAO is, fascinating um because uh,
0: so so explain what friends with benefits is and and explain what a DAO a DAO not everyone will be familiar with that
1: yeah so a DAO um decentralized autonomous organization you can kind of think of it like a co-op um you know the idea is that uh the members of this community also own the community um they can govern the community uh uh Alex Zhang is currently the mayor of FWB who was voted in by the members um and there's a there's a Currency. There's a token um, that you have to buy in to be part of this community, um, and that token price goes up and down. And uh, you're able to fund certain projects. You're able to um, meet other people and collaborate with them. And it's it's uh, incredibly influential in terms of a cultural movement that's bridging music, fashion, together with technology, and and forming like really awesome collaborations tim Ferriss just spoke at the last fwb fest and i think that's a community that i see as very inspiring because you are bringing people together online in real life you're giving them a sense of shared ownership and collective economic upside that is very enticing
0: you've spoke for your book and and for your website to a lot of the the founders in conversation with the the founders of some of these virtual communities did. Some of them talk about their own moral responsibility to shape these communities in ways that people would behave themselves. Um, you yes. mentioned Katerina Fake. I know she has strong opinions on this. Uh, and claims to, although it's not always manifested in the behavior of Reddit. What did you find about some of these founders in terms of their regrets, or what they would do if they were starting all over again in building these virtual communities and making sure that people were more responsible, more civil to one another, and didn't commit the Jack Tahira style crimes.
1: Yeah, I, I I think that everybody faces this battle of wanting to enable freedom of expression whilst also protecting the users of your platform. And uh, Angelo Satira, who is the co-founder of DeviantArt, um, is well known in the virtual community space for pioneering like publishing an etiquette policy. So uh, you know, every every user had to read the Deviant Art et- etiquette policy, which is essentially a set of rules of you know, don't post hateful content, be be nice to each other. Um, but I think you know y- you have to sit down with your co-founders and or you know the, your your colleagues and figure out how do you manage an online space with effective rules accountability moderation and we dig into that in so many of these interviews and um I think something that comes up time and time again is setting that first setting the precedent the first impression is the most important and actually some of the best communities have a higher bar you can't just get in you actually have to do a 15 minute zoom call an interview an application to get in um so that you're vetted and people, you know, know who you are. (laughs) So um, that comes up a lot as advice is, is be very thoughtful with how you're architecting the space and who's going to be in there um, so that it does stay safe.
0: The subtitle of the book is In Conversation with Pioneers of the Early Internet. What did you learn about the history of the internet? You've mentioned a couple of times that history repeats itself. It might be repeating itself or repeated itself with web three and the promise of web three not being realized uh did this make you nostalgic for the early internet for the idealism the unadulterated idealism (laughs) which got undermined in in the web 2 age of zuckerberg and twitter and all the rest of it i
1: there's definitely a driving sense of nostalgia for what feels perhaps incorrectly like a more idealistic wholesome time of of the internet um and i think a, a lot of the fun i had in building the website was drawing on nostalgia for that inspiration you know you see the doll's avatar at the top right which yeah, is i mean you know, for people just uh
0: <laughs> listening we have an image of uh, amber's website which is very nostalgic very retro Yes. Retrofuturism, I guess, is the all. Best ex-
1: yes, very retrofuturist. So, I, I, I think what I enjoyed about speaking to uh, so many early pioneers, whether it's uh, Randy Farmer and Chip Morningstar, Howard, um, uh, you know, Jim from from the Palace. They all actually somehow were loosely connected to each other. You know, Stacy Horn built Echo uh, out of her apartment in the East Coast of New York after joining the Well and after speaking to Howard. And Katerina actually worked at um, Electric Communities with Howard um, before she started Flickr. So everyone is there's a slightly loose connection as how people how people have inspired each other, not necessarily through physical like. Locality, but through being on the internet at that early time and running into familiar faces and usernames across different BBSs. <laughs> um, so, I think that that is uh, that that was a very interesting way to learn about the history of how people have inspired each other to, to build beautiful online communities. Um, They're more beautiful yeah. than
0: others. Uh, Amber, you're you're a San Francisco neighbor of mine. San San Francisco is the most decimated of early 21st century cities. When you go downtown, it's like a war zone or it's a sort of a surreal version of a war zone where there's no actual war. Just everything is destroyed. San Francisco and the Bay Area, of course, was also the home of the promise, the idealism of virtual communities. Do you think there's any connection Between the destruction of San Francisco as a city in terms of its urban truth, its physical urban truth, and this promise of virtual communities, which has never been realized.
1: Oh, well, I, you know, I, I do think it's sad, the reality of what's happening to downtown, and I hope the SF government can really step up and keep its citizens safe, which is, you know, number one rule of a civil society. Keep keep your citizens safe, and they're not doing a good job of that right now. And uh, so, yeah, I think that...
0: Uh, that wasn't it, my question, though. <laughs> I didn't ask you about the authorities. Well... I mean, it's a serious question, Amber, about your uh our generation, I guess, of, of 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 digital pioneers who 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 put out so many promises of these community, none of which have really been realized. All the all the ones that you focus on in the book have either failed or disappeared or have terrible reputations. Meanwhile, the place we live is 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 falling to pieces. There has to be a connection, doesn't it?
1: I think it's uh not necessarily connected i think it's that's uh i don't know Just if you can coincidental. Really draw that line uh no i, I think that technology is evolving and people want to see each other in real life in a safe space and they want to congregate online in a safe space so uh i i, I think everyone will continue to adopt whatever the latest technology is and still want to interact in real life but there will be new third places whether that's a vr headset or whether we're back to a text-based 2d world um so i i don't think they're correlated
0: you're astonishingly optimistic and positive amber do you are you worried about anything
1: Well, I, I don't know if my, my, the benchmark is uh, different. I, I, I am, I think, probably concerned about many things. But I think in the light of this, of what I'm talking about, the book, which is out today, um, it's better to live life through a sense of optimism is my philosophy. So I'm optimistic in the progress that we have made as humanity, as technology, and I'm optimistic about where it will go.